fire. Sorry about the glitchiness earlier on. Finally, I realised what it was. It was my um, headphones extension because I've got an extension wiring. So uh, I've sorted that out. So let me know if the audio goes glitchy again. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to wait for a few more people. Um, which is actually quite quick. Once one person starts, then a lot of people start clicking. Is it still glitching? It could just be my voice glitching. Okay, tell me something. Oh no, it shouldn't, but um, I know it shouldn't delude me. I just like to wait a while only because, um, yeah, it means people don't end up not catching the beginning, if that makes sense, if quite a few people are, are joining. But I am recording this anyway, so yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't matter how many there are. I'm recording this um, and that means people can listen later if they feel like it. But yeah, if there is anyone listening, feel free to say hi. Um, but yeah. So feel free on that and I'm just uh, I'll just get started and I'll just get started anyway, because some people just listen in the background and don't bother commenting and um other people just randomly click and wonder what the person's going to be talking about so anyway so welcome to uh death in the city um i am the deaf passenger i'm also known as victoria so um yeah welcome if you're listening um so i i kind of normally talk about disability awareness deaf awareness um because well yeah, I'm deaf and disabled. And so that happens to be kind of one of my passionate type of um, topics. But I thought I'd talk about one of my hobbies instead. So, yeah. In the meantime, yes, I am deaf, but I wasn't born deaf, hence why I talk. Well, actually, there's a lot of deaf people who were born deaf and speak. So actually, that's a really bad statement. But um, yeah, feel free on asking me anything while I'm going through um but yeah I thought I'd kind of just give you a little bit of um background into how I got started um uh, in making a family tree why I got started and just how amazing this is it's mind-blowing actually once you um really get into it so um just to answer your question Archam um, about what my disabilities are. As I said, I'm deaf, um, I'm physically disabled, um, so I'm a wheelchair user, um, and I've got multiple disabilities that I could probably do a whole life 
live cast on so i'm not going to list all through them but yeah i'm i'm deaf and i use a wheelchair um so i can't walk very far i'm in a lot of pain all the time but yeah so actually linking onto that having been disabled and unfortunately i can't work um basically at all because some of my disabilities decide to get triggered off by um not stress but obviously um working too like too long at computers and different things like that so um i'm quite limited in what i can do and this is why i took up this hobby because it meant that um i could take my time through it and i could actually enjoy doing it so the reason i got started on it was because my um kind of my it started with my grandmother a little bit so i was kind of piqued an interest like since I was a kid um I just started getting interested in in like old photographs I've always been kind of mm, interested about history you know any sort of history I I like the idea of it only because a lot of life as we are now um is really um what's it called like history is a huge influence on life as we have it now and that's how it's always been the case that's how we learn and evolve and go through things so so yeah but it's always just been something that's that peaked interest and i remember my gran had this huge photo album of really old photos and yeah and show me what mother looked like and then i saw pictures of what her grandmother looked like which is incredible cuz taken into account my my nana passed away last year and she was 93 so you can imagine having a photo of her grandmother and her grandmother clearly looked she was in at least her 50s in that particular photograph and yeah and her mother was 18 in that particular photograph so you can kind of work out year wise when the photo must have been taken so i would say just turn of the century just before that um but there's there was tons of photos that i saw my mother as well of of uncles aunties and extended family and it got me thinking about what's the you know what's the influence in my life because obviously yeah ob- obviously um I I really feel that obviously the oh god I'm saying the word obviously quite a lot the influence that you have from your parents or grandparents and and people around you really do I feel their the way that they bring you up obviously has some form of influence in your own life um so you know as i said like regarding just to answer your question after regarding year wise i meant you know trying to work out okay how old my nana was when she passed and then working out okay her in the photograph how old her her mother was and her mother hadn't even had my grandmother at that point so working out 93 and then plus say about 20 years it works out that the photo was about yeah 120 years old round about so the photo that i saw so 120 years ago 
which would have made it about 1900. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, just I really feel, as I said, I really feel that the um, connection or the growing up and upbringing that you have, whether good or bad, um, that you have around you from if you're you know from biological family and even from adoptive family um really influence your own life and how you like how you behave towards your own children or people around you as well um but I was just always fascinated where I came from I mean I'm mixed race so I um I'm predominantly Latin American and Scottish but my Scottish side has um Irish traveler mix and also um Caribbean mix so I really wanted to try and kind of grasp where I came from kind of what what did people do back in those days what what did my family do and how you know how it went through so the first thing that I got started on was um sorry if you hear clicking that's me navigating um my family tree so I can so I'm kind of working from that in front of me um but yeah, the, the first thing that I did was my gran was still alive at the time. So we're talking that I started back in, oh gosh, my profile will tell me when I started back, which was 2011. So I've been doing this for nine years. I can't believe it's been nine years that I've actually done this for. So um, and nine years ago, it works out that I was around 20. So, you know, I, I had an interest right kind of at the first go. Um, and as I said, my Nana was alive at the time, very much coherent. So it meant that I could kind of ask a lot of questions because obviously the older a generation you can ask questions to, they'll, ha they'll have knowledge of the generation or generations like their parents and grandparents behind them of what their names were and that gives you a really good starting point as to how to get yourself going um so the first thing that i did was as i said spoke to my nana and she she passed away last year and i miss it a bit she had a really good running of 93 years but it still gets me because her influence and my mum's influence was scottish upbringing so i feel very connected to any time that i go to scotland um you know that's where a clear connection is for me personally even though I look very much Latin American I look very much like my father um he passed away back in 2016 so I actually unfortunately due to documentation and how he grew up and everything unfortunately I don't I don't even know the names of some of my half siblings because my father you know was in a previous marriage I don't even know the name of his wife, who also passed away um, like about 20 years ago, from what I understand. Um, so kind of that side I'm disconnected to. But however, I was interested in my nan's story and my mum's story even and, you know, what the connections were, because I always was told by my grandmother that there was Irish traveller connections. Um, and obviously, I knew that my grandfather was Caribbean mixed race. And I knew that my great grandfather had um, migrated um, over to Scotland, um, you know, for a better life. 
and so all the all these things and and I just wanted to kind of have a bigger link to that I wanted to know where those generations came from what their life stories were because although I'm atheist and I don't believe like oh there's someone looking down upon me I really wanted to feel connected to those relatives as well who are no longer here but to know their stories because there aren't people around who are going to remember them and obviously not every family member is going to research them so you know I wanted to make sure that they weren't forgotten as well because their stories are just as important in my life because of the fact of kind of a oh kind of a reverberating effect of you know like a drop in the ocean and it ripples out so a rippling effect of and and for me that's obviously I'm so sorry if there is any noises in the background I have cats <laughs> disclaimer so if you do hear anything that's not glitchy or on my microphone it's probably the cats running around behind me so yeah I totally forgot to I've just realized I totally forgot to play my theme tune before I started this um so I'm sorry about that if you're used to it um but yeah I'm just gonna get on with it so the first thing that I did was as I said talk to my gran and I got pen and paper out that's the first thing that you can do is go good old-fashioned pen and paper don't even go at the computer and you start off by basically putting your name and if you've got siblings and then you connect them so there's you know um you start it's basically write your story that you know out of your own knowledge so you know your name and and also dates dates are really important um later on for finding paperwork and for working out uh possible dates of birth as well if you're not 100% sure but like it means that you can work out when someone may have been born and then check records to see if you can find someone roundaboutish who may be the appropriate age for giving birth if that makes sense so i'll explain that a little bit later so as I said, get a notebook, write down the information about yourself so you know when you were born, that you're still alive, um, what your full name is, then your parents. So whether they're not here or they are still around, your parents' names and also make sure it's as, as full names as you can get. So if you know they've got middle names, write it down, write your parents' full name down, they, their date of birth and if they have already passed their date of death. And also some interesting information, like, say, if they were um, in the army or the navy, so whether they were in the forces, then that's, and if you know the dates around about, that's really um, good information to put down, because you may be able to find their paperwork later on. Um, also the same with, but basically, a lot of occupations you may find paperwork on, so things like um doctors and nurses um people who were in the forces some official things you may find paperwork on actually about the examinations they may have gone through or if it's um you know army related or i found or military related you may find paperwork on how they behaved um uh, what they and also a lot of it has information on height weight color 
of their eyes, their skin, their hair. And it's fascinating because you can kind of then um, draw out a picture in your mind of of what they look like. So that's really that's a really good key point as well. Um, in when you see documentation, it's it's really interesting that you're setting out this much bigger picture. So definitely, military wise, uh, take dates of when they possibly were in the military, or it, or at least if you know they were in the military, if you don't know the dates, and if you know if they were in the navy, army, so on, um, and also if you know maybe a regiment number, something that may be able to find make it easier for you to find their information so something like that same if someone was a doctor or a nurse I've I found this quite fascinating for myself because a lot of my family were doctors um and in my family as well um matrons um quite one quite predominant one a sister of my nana um was a matron and I literally found all her examination paperwork and what marks she got and that and it was and what what she learnt, you know, because she she was um, actually quite a bit older than my nana, and so she started quite early in the last century of her um, examinations and things she had to study um, as part of nursing and how long it took. And it's obviously fascinating because it's a lot more different than how it is today. So just things like that. So if that's something that does pique your interest and knowing about that it's this is why doing a family tree um i think is is fun it is time consuming and it is patience and sometimes you may hit a lot of brick walls and it's a case of um trying to be clever about it um so yeah so i'll kind of explain that um so yeah so brain's going so yeah so notebook gets dates and also if you've got grandparents um names date as again dates of birth if they've passed away dates of death if you if you know or at least even a year even or a roundabout year even because when you're searching now i predominantly use ancestry um i'm in the uk so ancestry.co.uk if you're from America, then you would be going under ancestry.com. So I predominantly use this. I know that there are um, other sites, I think, like Find My Family, um, but I have found the navigation of Ancestry a lot easier to use, and their up, like their updates as well have uh, since since when I first started the updates have been so much easier to try and find further information. They've really been able to extend a lot more. And only recently they did another update where they can find possible names of parents. So, yeah. Um, for me, I think um, I found that if you have Scottish ancestry and American ancestry, then actually paperwork and census records are a lot easier to find um, simply just because it's um, kind of legally wise, they it's um, release of paperwork. So in Scotland, what they've done is you can actually access 
something called Scotland's People. I've totally forgotten the webs <laughs> website. Um, let me just quickly get it. Scotlandspeople.gov.uk. So if you want to find more about your Scottish ancestors, that's a fantastic place to start. Now, just to kind of let you know, you are having to pay and there is charges and in Scotland's People website, you get something called credit. So um, you can like buy, for example, when you buy credits, you can and none of them are like, oh, if you buy more, the cheaper they are. So you can do it in small bursts if you can't afford a bigger cost later on. You know, it's it's not like, oh, you're missing out on, a, you know, on a special offer. So I quite like that because there's not that pressure of um, going for more because it's cheap, you know, quote cheaper. So with Scotland's people, for round about 30 credits, it's 7 pound 50 i'm not quite sure what that would be in us dollars um so you'd have to check that out but um yeah normally paperwork um online and that's the thing you can get it online you don't have to have it sent to your home or anything it's a case that you can access it online so there is a limit on on years though so if that person could possibly still be alive, they won't release the paperwork. So normally there's, I think it's 90, 90 years um, of how old the paperwork is before they will put it up on their site or make it accessible. Um, so anything earlier than that, where a possible grandparent or parent is still, um, even if they passed away, they won't put up the paperwork for that totally understandable it's you, you know oh there we go right i've just read it 75 um and deaths less than 50 years old um can't be viewed online they have to be um you know purchased as official certificates and that means there's different charges for that and that but they get sent to your their official documents sent to your home official paper ones i've never had to do that because i know a lot of my family history from my nan's um kind of memory and her information so i've never actually done much research on um my mum's generation or my nan's generation because of such clear information she could give me however i did do a little bit of research on some certain family members who i knew had been in the military or had um as I said, my my grand sister had been a matron, so I was able to do um, some. Yeah, I was able to do some research on them and find total paperwork. So yeah, so just on a quick note, I've just noticed. Um, just um, welcome to Friday, kind of guy. Um, they are my admin um, normally on my live cast. So yeah, so they they. Um, thank you Friday for for uh, keeping the peace um, hopefully this is kind of a topic that I don't need to do that so um, as I said I'm so sorry if you can hear background noises but I didn't shut the cats out this time so <laughs> and they're starting to get a bit active um, so yeah so as I said 
for Scottish ancestry, and if, even if you're American and know you've got Scottish ancestry, uh, Scotland's People website is really a good one because um, you don't need to physically go somewhere to get the paperwork. Um, so that's basically marriages, um, births, death records, um, and also census, physical census records, like, you know, written out rather than um, ones that are typed out. So those are those are a good uh, place to how how to you can oh excuse me those are a good way of working out then your next generation up. Um. So yeah, pen. I always ha still have pen and paper even when I'm doing online stuff because I'm having to when when I do get paperwork um from one place. Well, I have two screens at home so luckily I can put family tree on half of one screen I can then put a paperwork um, copy on another half of the screen I then can see on a full screen the details of um, a family member and can type all the information in or make sure that I'm downloading downloading the paperwork to then put that as a link or a connection to that family member on the website so um, yeah um Friday just to answer your question no I haven't sent in my DNA I kind of haven't really kind of got there if that makes sense it is quite expensive and I have to admit it is quite expensive I mean at the moment for ancestry it's 79 pounds English pounds plus shipping so it costs quite a bit but normally like for Mother's Day Christmas things like that um I know like in America for is it Black Friday, if I'm correct, they make they do put offers on them. So it's always if you are thinking of, of doing I'll get onto DNA, um, then it's worth waiting for. So there is another way of finding out your heritage, but it can be not not necessarily controversial, but it can throw um skeletons out in the closet. So yeah. So that's that's one that's for me. I wouldn't care if if something like that happened where I found out that okay someone had cheated somewhere along the line and my background of who I am is totally different to how I was brought up knowing. Um, because not being funny, I look exactly like my father. <laughs> and definitely like my grandmother and my mother without a doubt I mean the minute I put makeup on and Jesus I feel like I'm looking at my mother in the mirror so <clears throat> I have no doubt about who I am <laughs> in terms of first and second generations but um you know it's it can throw that in the works for and it has happened um I mean it's useful um in terms of dna it is useful if you have been adopted and you can't access your adoption records for any reason um then it may cough up cousins or half siblings or even full siblings um and it may cough up even from linking to half and full siblings um it could then end up linking up to parents your your biological parents if you are 
adopted. Um, and that can open up that that opens up to a very different kettle of fish um, because obviously people put child, children up for adoption for different reasons. Some of them can be quite selfish and others can be quite genuinely because they've cared and loved that loved so if you're adopted loved you as a, you know loved you in terms of wanting to in their eyes make sure you have the best life so there's so many reasons in terms of adoption and also it, it really I'm sure it brings up a lot of different emotions for people some people are like really want to be connected and other people are like no just haven't told family members about you and so adoption I know can be very very mixed sort of feelings um the other thing about uh doing DNA is also um as I said you may find that that someone may have cheated along the line and that can include your own parents if you don't look like one of them you know, if you don't look like your father in any way at all and you've done a DNA test, you may find that you are not related at all to them. Um, and if that is the case for you, um, you know, and they've, and they've still brought you up, it can, you know, you, you know, a pe your own father may think that you've been their biological child for years and the idea of then finding out that you're not yeah it can be very very awkward very upsetting so be aware be aware of situations where you may have had doubts growing up about your background because you don't look like someone and you may fully well be right about it and think about how as well approaching others who may not know about you um, and the same is that even if you think that you are you know that all the stories you've been given that you're definitely fully related to everyone in your family tree and find that actually you know you may not be and you find that you have some shared dna with someone else who may be like a second cousin removed just think about how that relationship may be that a it could be really positive you find out more about family or it can be totally negative because it's like they may have known about you, not wanted to talk about you, or it could be that they just don't want to get involved in something like that. So actually in, in just reading your note uh, Friday, actually it's not just white people that send in their DNA. It really isn't. It's, it's a huge mix now, um, which is getting more interesting. So actually if you are thinking about doing DNA, uh, the more – I'd say the more mixed race you are, or even if you definitely um, are quite linked to your background, so you know that most of your family are from a particular area, um, especially if you are from the east, um, from Africa, from anywhere in the world, actually it's, um, you know, it's, it's actually really important as well because DNA profiles are built around knowing um, you know, having as much information from different DNA to create pictures of what areas you're from. And the more that the more that they get, 
the more specific they can actually be of the of where you're from so it's you know there's dna is a good place but be like be aware it's always a be aware situation that you could find out something totally it's it's nuts um and same if you you know you're definitely a, have been adopted um then yeah it can throw something a different thing in the water in the water in the waterworks yeah in the cogworks um you know about relationships so i definitely say approach it with caution um and yeah i have to i have to say i have found it funny i have seen um a few times where someone thought that they were definitely white they've done dna and they found out that they're actually very much mixed and <laughs> yeah i kind of like slapping that one down going well you wouldn't be around if you, <laughs> you know if your parents grandparents so on and so forth hadn't got together so you know and a lot of family does involve migration so don't think that they aren't you know regardless of of your color regardless of where you're from um migration is a very huge presence um you know immigration and asylum seeking is a is very prominent um in most families you'll if you're mixed race or if you even th even if you think you are white as ceramic don't be fooled because you may have come from another european country and you know so it's really interesting as well but as i said you can still kind of find the stories um even without doing dna um i haven't done dna tests for myself i think for me when i'm ready i will do so um a i think it's more the, the cost <laughs> the cost kind of keeps me away because of the fact that i'm not very rich um but b i know that um I, I am interested in terms of my Mexican side of my family because, as I said, I don't even know the name of um, one of my siblings um, and half siblings. Um, I don't know the name of my father's ex-wife. I, I don't know the name of my father's parents, although I can only make an assumption because of my father's name. I don't even know the name of my uncle who is currently ill in hospital um, because my half brother just doesn't mention them um you know th that's a different thing for me but what i am interested on that side on a personal level is more about my native side um you know how like i've heard different stories about where my father um was from around mexico and where then obviously his background is i mean i think there's this romanticized version of western movies and if you've done cowboys and indians as a as a game when you were younger it just depends how old you are um but i i know from that side of my family i am definitely what you call native american um but i don't know how much and where from um and also being interested in in that 
background as well of learning more about that culture because pers on a personal level I certainly don't feel connected to that and I think half of it for me was kind of waiting till my father passed away because well yeah I didn't have very good um, connection to my father in terms of how I was brought up um, you know and he wasn't around for very much of my lifetime so and it's very scattered information I didn't even know his date of birth or anything until I found some uh, copies of passports that were made when I had to when I came back because I was I was born in in London um, but because my parents were working abroad, went back abroad um, to where they were working. And then my mother decided, you know, she wants a better education for me. So I grew up in a circus. So that's another thing. <laughs> that's another thing. I actually grew up in a circus and moving around every every month to a different country or different city means that you do not get. Um, you know, a very good education. It's very limited, and normally it's in circuses. It's in terms of you learn, um, you know, either as an acrobat or a performer in a circus, um, and that doesn't bring in very much income, and you really can't get out of it. And there is a circus culture as well, so kind of, I've been lucky enough that my because my mother, um is British that she could actually get me shipped out of the circus I could get out of it and to be frankly honest I feel quite connected to circuses when I always go to see Zippo's so if you're British you may know what you know Zippo's circus you may have seen it somewhere um they they end up coming over um once a year in September near to my home um and I always go and actually some of the performers knew my knew both my parents um so yeah is is the kind of a connection there but so for me even I've got that background and so all these things really intertwine with each with each other and so all as I said all these things culminated into me wanting to do this and kind of putting my time and emotions into it as well um there was some, not stories, but there were some things that I came across in terms of paperwork, um, like deaths especially. Um, like I found out that some people, some people in my family ended up dying in workhouses. So if you don't know what workhouses are, think of Oliver Twist. Um, if you've seen the, the musical Oliver, uh, the film, that's what workhouses were like. You didn't get paid. You you got horrible meals, and most people got sick and died in these workhouses. Um, and they were, yeah, it wasn't. It, when you reached that point, that was worse than poor. Um, that was basically essential slave labour. Um, you know, you'd hit pure poverty stage. And in workhouses, if you came with your children. They were all separated, um, you know, based on gender. You know, 
there'll be male, female, and also adult children. So if you went in as a single mother with several children, which at the time most people quite, you know, had a lot of children because, hey, contraception wasn't really great in those days. You can imagine, you know, if a husband died in that and in poverty, yeah. And so seeing stories about, as well, in my family anyway, about people who actually had a fairly good living and then ended up in a workhouse and dying from pneumonia and things like that just really got to me because growing up in school, I was taught about workhouses and being a Victorian thing and that. So, and being taught just how bad it was. So obviously when you see that on paperwork and this is a family member of yours, then it doesn't matter that you've never met them. It really gets to you. You're just like, wow, just, you know, that's a different level of um, connection there. And also, um, you know, if there are some horrific deaths that have happened, I haven't found any in my family um, and, you know, my in my ancestors, in my closer family. Unfortunately, that has happened. So I'm not going to go into detail about that, but um, I haven't found any any weird mafia murders or anything like that. I hope I don't, they can make very interesting stories, but I kind of, yeah, it, it would feel a bit weird. I don't know if that makes any sense. It would just feel weird. So, yeah, there's you have to be, when you do go into this, you have to be open about what you may find and as I said it can really draw you out emotionally some days when you really get into a story about someone and other days you are fascinated with a person I I ended up fascinated because my family couldn't get more Scottish if you tried (laughs) so so for me um, more recently I found that there was um, Piper's that played for royals um, and that actually made bagpipes that to this day are sold for thousands of pounds. Um, Bagpipes made by my ancestors, which is mind-blowing to know that they are actually sought out and were used. Um, uh, They were used in wars. That is nuts. In my head, I am... It's it's a mind-blow. And... I found recently Presbyterian vicars in my <laughs> or reverence in my family who ended up out in not even the Highlands, out in the Orkney Islands. So for those of you, if you Google Orkney Islands, you'll find out their little island right up at the top of Scotland, like out in the middle of nowhere where there's like one church and a few houses. So I found, and also, people who are like, I've, I found this out as well, uh, prominent people, if you find there is, like, a fascinating thing with your family. So, for me, as I said, um, bagpipe makers in my family, and I was just like, well, I'll Google them, and this is how I then got the stories about um, where they, because I knew where they were and where they had moved and um you know, from census records and that. So obviously then I could actually align 
on obituary, if you read, try and find obituaries for family members. Um, even more recent ones as well. So for me, doctors actually a lot of the time have really good obituaries written for because especially like GPs and that who or prominent doctors who are well known obviously will have a lot written about them or even papers that they may have written or books that they may have um they may have contributed to and my I have to admit I've I've actually found with the reverence in my family that they contributed a lot to their community and a lot that they wrote and and has been recorded and that's permanent records absolutely permanent records for eternity basically as long as they keep existing like either the internet or the books themselves that's something that's stuck in there where people can actually go find it if they reach for it um so yeah, and even people who aren't so prominent, you can, you really have to do your research about where you live. So Google is a really good um, way of. I'm just going to quickly find out um, how to get there. So there's something called Google News Archive Search, which I have found really, really useful in terms of finding um like articles and you can find uh newspapers that are local to you now not all of them will be there you'll find some that you you may have to pay for or may not be available online um to have a look at the archives or the archives may be available directly from the newspapers themselves so it really is dependent on that so when you go into for for Google News Archive, that's I've actually been lucky that um, for my Glaswegian members of my family, um, obituaries and verse have been actually documented, which is quite a nice thing. And you may find that in those um, records, especially obituaries, where they may mention that they have left behind their wife or husband, you know, and they'll give you the name of that person. And the children's names going and and uh you know they've left behind x and x children and the, and give their names you know love loving father or mother friends etc etc so for that it's actually um what you do is for that website i'm just going to copy and paste it for you guys um, and I will say it out loud in case you're not looking at the comments, which is uh, news.google.com forward slash newspapers. Um, when you go onto there, then you can search the archive. So on the page itself, when you get onto there, um, basically you you put in if if you're from Glasgow, then as I'm, as you may hear me typing in the background make sure that there there is two buttons either you can search the archive search your web so if you're going to specifically do that press search archive and it will come up with whichever newspapers so for glasgow there's only the glasgow herald that's available but even then even if it has nothing to do with your family it is absolutely fascinating to read in the 
in the years that your grandparents were about or your great grandparents were about, the stuff that they put in their newspapers is is just like, are you for real? Like this is the stuff they <laughs> So even then that is um yeah, it's it's actually fascinating and you see pictures of things that um you know, thing things of um advertisements that they put in uh, for particular stockings or sometimes it's adverts of trying to recruit people so um and uh, actually on their obituaries funerals um and births a lot of people have put them in um be aware though that if you have a lot of poor people in your family and you're looking for them in uh newspaper records you may find that they're not in there and that's because it did cost money and it still does um, that you have to pay to obviously have a notice put in um, and it could quite could cost quite a bit in the old days and actually even nowadays it can cost a little bit so unless they're quite prominent very well-known person in the community where they can have it put in for free like for my nana people had known her for 30 plus years in her area where she had lived before she had passed away um obviously it was just like well there was no brainer with the local paper to put up something about her and had even it was a whole half page with a photo and it was just lovely to see that that knowing that they're her neighbors you know would be able to maybe learn a little bit more about her life that she wouldn't have excuse me if if you're hearing noises from my cat <laughs> There's a cat tree right next to my computer. So, yeah, they tend to scratch on that while we're at it. So, sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, back to, back to newspapers, it's it's fascinating. I love reading the newspapers sometimes of on the day they were born, what was going on. And um, another thing to be advised of, obviously, because of World War One, World War Two. um especially with World War II, um, in certain areas you may find that archives do not exist for newspapers or certain dates may be missing. Now, this isn't because of censorship. This is because of places having been bombed and gone up on fire and obviously documentation gone with it, um, especially in bigger cities. So you may find this is the case and information missing. The same thing also could be said as well for, um, you know, some things are have been um, censored as well. From what I found, um, like, for example, I'm currently looking at um, a page from the beginning of January of 1960 from the Glasgow Herald and they have very clearly censored some pictures um, and others, you know, and talking about anti-Semitism still this particular one prominent in Germany and how they want to stop it. And there is some pictures that have the swastika signs on it, you know, because they're talking actively about how to combat it. But there's other ones um, like a particular one about um the recovery of a vehicle because of a harbour accident, something to that effect, and they've completely 
censored that particular photo. So I don't know if that's because it's a photo of vehicle or, or related to a victim. I wouldn't be sure, but most of the time they're not really censored. Um, but yeah, so you, sometimes it can be a bit sketchy. Um, you know, as I said, take into account the wars and maybe the cities that your family members may be from. Um, in terms of that, um, so yeah, so that's a fantastic way of looking up. Sometimes simply googling someone is can help. Um, as I said, I've certainly found, especially because, especially more recently, that's where I found the Presbyterian reverence in my family. Um, I've always known that my family have been very much Protestant inclined, like like an eagle kind of claws in, not Catholic influence at all. Um, except I believe from the Irish traveller part, but I'm not even 100% sure about that because I've hit a brick wall with that, and that's because Irish documentation, I have to go to the churches physically to go and see like baptismal records and birth records and that. So, it, as I said, it's tricky. Depends what country you're from. Um, also, um, on Ancestry and a lot of other websites so I think finds I think find my ancestors uh, is a website there's myheritage.com as well uh, findmypast.co.uk um, these are all actually ones that have have similar kind of um, you know so, some are easier to to go than others, but I've been a member of Ancestry.co.uk for nearly a decade now. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a good way of finding out more information about someone if if you haven't, if you want to know more about them, or if you just simply want to know more what life was like and what they may have been facing. And I'd always been told by my gran. Um, she was actually uh, bombed, her home was bombed during the Second World War where she lived because the Germans had actually made a mistake. So they genuinely had made a mistake thinking that a river was a road. So ended up that, um, ended up because they were bombing next to um, a river, that's where a lot of homes were. And unfortunately, one of her homes were there and, and, a couple of thousand houses were flattened because it was um, parachute bombs, from what I understand. They were just being dropped. Um, and unfortunately, I think one of the first ones fell on a school, which was being used as a as a station for firefighters at the time, um, you know, that they were stationed there um, to help with the war effort. And unfortunately, the first bomb ended up there. So... Everything went to shit there. So excuse my language. Um, but I, my gran really never went into it. And I didn't want to press her about what happened. And when I read about it and I found that there is books on the particular bombing that her home was, you know, when her home was flattened. Because it was one night where this happened. So very easy to find. And 
I realized exactly why she didn't talk about it when I'd read what happened. And, and I was crying, thinking that my grandmother was right in the middle of this. And, her, you know, and she was a teenager at the time and um, with her parents and her younger siblings. So I can't imagine the absolute fear they must have faced um, in terms of that. So you find interesting stories. If you do have family members that are alive and, and may have either been in the military or may have, um, you know, been been a child like my nana in, in bombings and that, um, be sensitive about it. Don't press, don't press them because they could shut down. It could trigger off like PTSD and that where they may have tried to kind of rejig it in their minds to um, just deal with it. Because back in those days, PTSD wasn't even recognized. It was, I can't even remember what the terms were, but it was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like recognized to have proper psychiatric therapy for it. And yeah, um, and just simply people didn't talk about those things. It just wasn't seen appropriate anyway. And I can only really talk about Britain on that, on that scale, but I can imagine that a lot of, People who were in the military, um, you know, maybe your gran grandfather or your grandmother even may have worked in the military during a particular war. So in America, maybe Vietnamese War, um, you know, even the Falklands War, if you're British. Those are wars that were very much horrific, actually, in, in what happened. Um, not taking sides on on anything but just horrific in itself. Um, same for the, Af the Afghan war as well, more recently. Don't press too much on someone because um, that can be extremely sensitive. So instead, Google may be your friend on it, on being able to find out more about what happened and maybe having more understanding as well. And this is why it's fascinating to me that even if it's great-grandparents who I've never met or anything, that when I read this, I end up having much more understanding then of where things have come from and also sayings. So going back to like workhouses, and um, they were called poor houses. Some, you know, some people called them poor houses, other places called them workhouses. And my there was a saying that came from well, at least that I know came from my gran, but I realized that it may have come from her own mother, that they that she always said just be like even when me and my mum didn't have much money I'd hear from my mother just be grateful you're not in the poor house I heard the same thing from my gran as well when I was a kid when when we might have not had enough money for something it would be just be grateful you're not in a poor house or you're not in the workhouse and it'd be like well they don't exist they haven't existed in my lifetime why are you telling me this and so so it would be like when I read about deaths of my family in workhouses, then I realized that it was possibly like my great grandmother who started all this because of the fact that a brother had died in a workhouse and obviously must have said that to her children saying, well, just be grateful you're not there sort of thing. Um, because one side of my family grew up in a lot of poverty um, and ended up as minors at the age of 14. That one got to me a lot because thinking about 14-year-olds these days who some some of them are total yuppies, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. 
Others are lovely, by the way. Other 14-year-olds are very much polite and very well taught. And there's others who are like, yes, you're very rude. Fuck off. You know? <laughs> so, um, the idea of then a family member at that age having been a minor, it, that's also mind-blowing. So you you get some fascinating stories. And, and this is, I didn't really realise what I was delving into, actually, when I first started. I just was like, yeah, I'll start a family tree because I'm interested. Yeah, you know, that's how it started. And as I said, I wrote down information. I wrote down the names of my, um, you know, grand, grandma's brothers and sisters and the names of the of the ones that my grand knew of her husband. Because at the time that I kind of started this, you know, her husband had passed away donkey's years before I even got started on any of this. Um, I think he passed away like when I was seven. And I didn't even know about him till quite a lot later because of world well, family history. So that happens. That absolutely happens. And you have to have a certain level of openness and acceptance for it. So, yeah, it's, as I said, emotion really comes into it. You think it doesn't, but crikey, it does. It You feel it. You really do. Um, but I'm, I think I have to say I'm quite an emotional person as well. So that may be the reason why I really feel more for someone and for a story. But as I said, it fascinates me because things like that, then I realise what the kind of ripple effect is in terms of my growing up and how they've grown up and why people may behave in a certain way. Why my mum might be behaving a certain way is because of the way that my grand behaved in a certain way towards her as a parent. You know, I had, I had, excuse me. I had a lovely grandmother, but my mother, she's lovely. I love her to bits. But certainly the upbringing I had, I think the influence was more from her father's side than my nana's side. My nana's my nana, a strong woman, but I think I can imagine she was the one that kind of gave the sweets more than anything. <laughs> but maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, but, yeah, so that's another one, and that's free. So, as I said... Um, it's actually Friday kind of guys put it in there um, news.google.com forward slash newspapers and as I said you can search the archives on there um, you you can't really search for particular names within those archives though you you have to know the dates of when say someone died and then if you know the date of when someone died check for them the following date or the day or two days after they'll be in there probably quite quickly if they're going to be in there um so what i've actually been trying to do this is a more personal thing is after my nana passed away we knew that she um that we where we wanted her to be because she was cremated she was buddhist so it, cremation is a given if you're buddhist um because of the religious side of things i'm not religious at all but even i'm like just cremate me what's the point of burying me i'm gone you know so i think i think everyone's different now nowadays but i certainly feel i would feel more comfortable and also you know then i'm not being buried alive so <laughs> so yeah that, i don't know why that's that's another thing altogether but um my gran i, I really and a lot of my family members want my grand to be with her mother. 
because she can't be with her husband, he kind of ran off, cheated on her and ran off quite a bit. But she always had a kind of good relationship in terms of, you know, how, you know, the grandchildren like me and stuff that were about and, you know, letters between them and, and stuff from what I understand. So, yeah, so the only kind of, it was like, well, we're not going to have her ashes with her husband and even then I think he was cremated so I don't think that's kind of working but um yeah we we were like trying to search for her mother's because I, I know her mother got buried and we know that her favorite brother she my grand did have a favorite brother got buried as well and because he was 18 when he passed away and and he really looked after my grand as a child um because their mother got sick when she was only in her 40s she had she ended up with cancer and um unfortunately they didn't have things like chemotherapy back in those days or you know those sorts well not any effect of anything so unfortunately that's that is why nowadays and this is as i said this is another ripple effect of people automatically hear the word cancer and automatically you think you're going to die if you ever hear that and that is because of again influence of history so think things like that whereas nowadays and the same for if someone um was diagnosed with hiv the automatic thing mentally to people is i'm going to die of aids if you know if that happens or if you have been diagnosed with that and that may have been your very first thought but nowadays it's actually medication to control the symptoms to actually um even reverse a lot of a lot of things so you'd have to read more into that um i've not had a family member with hiv so i don't know much more than that but it's no longer a death sentence you can get medication where it doesn't turn into aids anymore so you know it's the same with cancer it's just like well it's no automatic death sentence if it's early and surgery can be done and certain therapies can be done yes chemotherapy and radiotherapy are brutal they don't always work i'm not going to go into that but things change and that means um as i said but our mentality doesn't in some ways because we are so influenced by his by history by our own parents by grandparents that's whether you're adopted or not you are influenced by the people around you and you're influenced by um the world around you and what you've got access to information wise so it's that's as i said that's for me that's my fascination is really influence social influence um but also stories i like knowing one-to-one -one stories so yeah so going back to kind of getting started on family tree after you've kind of got as much information as possible and yes write down myths and legends from from your grandparents if your grandparents have said they may be related to royals write it down if if they say if, if they've said which particular royal simply write it down because you could find that your grandparent was right about someone in your family being an illegitimate legitimate child to a royal so you know may not it can't always be full well proven but you or you know it's kind of like there so <laughs> so do write down the weird stories as well because then later on when you're doing your research you can either confirm them 
or com you know or completely just go no this didn't happen it's just a wild story that just doesn't exist so you can kind of mark that one out so yeah so yeah don't be afraid of writing those stories that you hear from people um also write names down say for example i, I remember my uncle had had mentioned a name of someone that he called his aunt even though later on i found out it was a great aunt if i'm correct um and it helped with my research in terms of confirming it's that's why names are so important it can then confirm going oh actually i'm on the right track because when you're doing family trees and especially on ancestry um they have what's called i'm going back to my ancestry page only because i need it in front of me um it's they have kind of um hint they have hints and you can switch them off and i've switched off the hints um only because i'm doing it from scratch from paperwork from full solid proof of the next family member up because with hints on be careful of that in terms of any and i don't know about the other ancestry type websites um as i said like find my past um things like that but i'm not sure if hints exist but with ancestry it does so be very careful about that because it could lead you down the wrong path with terms of hints um they may the hints will still come up but they won't batter you as much in terms of emailing wise as well but they may give you a little bit more information um or it's a possibility but then if you think okay that person may have been an ancestor or something like that triple check the paperwork so that can be done by birth certificates death certificates or marriage certificates um so just to explain with death certificates it can then help you going up the scale of confirming who the parents are with marriage certificates they can be kind of like a bingo card because then you may end up with information of obviously two sets of parents so with marriage certificates you've got obviously husband and wife you know back back up those days because obviously obviously same sex marriage is very recent and not in all countries but with looking at ancestors um they'll have the name of the husband and wife and then alongside that they'll normally with the more recent ancestors or grandparents great grandparents and kind of i found personally between um from from now up to around i i think in one family line it was around up to 1700 so yes i got back that far that's when they only mentioned the father's name rather than both the father and mother's name um the one good thing in terms of talking about names here um with scottish ancestry so i'm going to be quite specific because that's where kind of my experience lies with uh, scottish backgrounds um in terms of research is um with oh brain with scottish ancestry you may find that middle names are the um are the names of the oh gosh what do you call the names of people before they're married? I've totally made their names. There we go. Um, 
you may find that middle names of children are the maiden name of the feet of the mother. So it's in Scottish. It seems in Scottish history that is a very common thing to have done, um, and I can certainly find. And also, um, one other clue may be that if you find a census of an entire family, and you're kind of working your way up, you may find that names are repeated over and over again. So from father to son to grandson. They may have the same name because obviously they're passing down that first name, um, you know, in remembrance of a parent or even or some people will name after their brother or, or sister. So. It's yeah. It's. There's so much to process and there's a lot to get through. But as I said, start with start with the basics and you will slowly build up your you will certainly slowly build up your um, what do you call it your repertoire in your head about how to do things so there is books that are available online i have never actually purchased anything um but i know like on places like amazon um or if you're in britain waterstones um different things like that um you can find uh, oh gosh I wish that didn't sorry I'm on my Amazon website now you can certainly find um, how to find certain ancestors um, in terms of where you're from so as I said like Scotland is fairly easy to find a lot of the records online um, on scotlandspeople.gov.uk um, but you do have to, you do have to pay for it the only way you don't pay for it is if you're actually in Scotland and you go to your reference library. Um, so to the local, to the archives library. So there's like one in Glasgow, one in Edinburgh. Uh, so I'm talking Scotland here. Um, so if you do have an archive library near you, they actually may be, luckily the one for um, England literally is near my home. So I don't have to go far. Um, so archive libraries are good because you can then skip having to pay for things. And you may even be able to print out things that probably you'll have to pay for the printouts. But you may not have to pay as much as you do online. But as I said, it is helpful if you are like, say, you're American, um, Canadian as well. Canadians, a lot of them have Scottish links. And if you know you've got Scottish backgrounds, you you can then access it online. So, um, as I said, there's a lot of helpful books as well um, online um, about about tracing ancestors. Um, so it's always worth um, if you if you're really not sure and you don't feel you've got quite enough of how to get there. Um, certainly look and see if there's one that that's so, search. So, for example, there's like a book about tracing your Scottish family history on the internet. I have had a skim read through that in the archives library, and it literally kind of covered what I've already gone through. Um, also, people in archives library, if you ask them the, if you ask them for your for some help in terms of, okay, where do I look next? 
they may actually be able to help you and you may find out something that, well, you know, that you didn't know before on how to search for things. So a lot of it is self-learning as you're doing it. So don't feel that um, that you're not knowledgeable enough when you are starting off because you aren't. You're unless and even not being funny, even people who are experts on genealogy have to start from scratch too. They they have made the same journey that you would be starting from scratch with paperwork. So ask as many family members as possible as well. So it's not just grandparents, but ask your parents as well, because your grandparents may not have great memory and your mother may do, you know, so don't restrict it. Certainly as many members of your family as you can, in, certainly in older generations, the more you speak to, the more you get. Um, and also, as I said, confirmation of details. So how I've worked my way up, is I know the names of my grandmother's brothers and sisters. So I then started with census. That's where I went. My gran also knew the names of her parents as well. So I knew, okay, when I'm looking at census records, that I'm looking for this name as head of household, head of households in Scotland and in English paperwork and that. And most, most census records will normally be the husbands in old paperwork. I don't know how it looks nowadays, census record-wise, but certainly in those days that were written down, head of household is normally the husband. If a husband is dead, then it will be the mother. And then they'll have the kids or who they're living with underneath. Um, yeah. So that's that's a good starting point because then... Um, it gives you roundabout dates of birth if your grandparent doesn't know. So for my grandma, she could only give me ballpark points. In census records, it is still ballpark. This is the thing. If it doesn't give you a particular date, it may say, like, birth um, roundabout at certain year. Um, because, A, it could be that someone doesn't know when they were born. But B, they're just making a wild guess. Um, so when you're doing searching for certain people, and if you do have a roundabout date on the census, then it does help in terms of then guess, looking for paperwork and looking for them. It makes it a little bit tricky. But once you find that, then it's easier to find marriage documents. It's easier to find uh, death documents. So sometimes... For me, I've not been able to find marriage documents, and that could be because it's in England, and England don't haven't got a website that have really released their paperwork, so I then have to go to the archives. That's a long thing. Um, please tell me if I'm speaking way too fast, <laughs> so you may have to like listen to re-recording. Um, but yeah, so marriage certificates are really good. That for me that works and also like baptismal records are good for naming parents so if you're not quite sure what someone's parents names are that's why it's quite good to get brothers and sisters names you may not know the parents names but if you're looking in a census and you know right I know these brothers and sisters all were in together you could then you then see the head of the household and the mother on the census record knowing oh right that's my next generation up um, 
sometimes you have to do a really wild guess in terms of date of someone who may have been born. So I normally average that the parent was that the mother was I always I always put in about 18 years pre previous to the date of birth of the eldest child. So say, for example, I'm looking at one in front of me. Say if you know that the approximate date of the eldest child was, for example, 1823, and you have no clue when the mother may have been born, then minus it by 18. Because you never know, some people could have been uh, married at 16, 15 even as you get up the tree, um, and others could have been married in their 20s. So it's roundabout ballpark guess. And when you put the information in, you can either, if you know roundabout from census records where it says approximately, then you, I'd say do it minus plus five years. If you have no clue, as I said, from the eldest child, see, the thing is with fathers, it may have been that their first wife has died. So you really never can, and I have found this a couple of times, you, you really can't make a guess on the father's age because of the fact that he may have been married before his wife died and and he's got remarried again. And obviously his surname will have not changed a lot of the time. Well, depending on culturally wise, I know in some cultures the, um, the wife keeps their, their surname um, or their surname changes to a first name. Sometimes that happens, if I'm correct. Um, so it really depends on culture in part of my um, culture in the, on the Mexican side. Um, and a lot of cultures, they do um, double-barreled, obviously taking the surnames of both parents, which makes life ten times easier, love. You know, because then you know, okay, this is the surnames I'm looking for in a marriage certificate. So, as I said, with men, you really can't take much of a chance in terms of averaging when they were born unless you have the ballpark date, like um, date of year, date of year um, on a census record. Then, then you can go plus minus five. But if it's a female, then I'd suggest, even though you may be averaging at, say, 18 or 20, so as I said, minus 20 years or minus 18 years from the date of birth or the, or the year of birth of the eldest child, work around that and then put in minus 10, minus plus 10 years, I'd suggest, because you never know, the mother could have got remarried if her husband may have died in a war. So... But it's kind of less likely because obviously you've got to figure out, well, the mother's not really going to be more than, well, my grand got, I think, had my mum in her 40s. <laughs> but most of the time, um, especially when you're looking at 1800s and that, and obviously kind of how old people were when they died was a lot younger than how they are now. Um, you're then obviously can approximate that, well, you know, someone can't be a parent at 60 because IVF and things like that didn't exist at that point. So very rare. So um, it, it does help. And that's why I always put minus plus 10 years um, because census records quite clearly a lot of the time do not put the exact date of birth. 
Um, also, keep in mind that some may be wrong because a woman has wanted to, you know, on a census record, has wanted to make herself younger or older to be old enough to have been married at the time, but may have been younger than they should have been to get married to the person that they wanted to run off with, you know, or it could be the other way around that they didn't want to be perceived as old as they might, you know, if they were hitting 30 and needed to get married, they may have not told their husbands that they were that age and wanted to be perceived as younger. So you may find that can throw you off when trying to find birth certificates. And mar but marriage certificates are a good way anyway, even if you don't have the date, are a good way of finding out names to then work your way up. What I would really recommend when you're going up family trees, brothers and sisters are important. Um, but if you can find direct relations uh, quite automatically because of certificates, that's a good thing. However, I really do suggest on giving the time of day to each person that you find. Um, you know, you may find nothing about them. You may find that they were simply a wife and they gave birth to kids and that's what their life was. Or you may find out that they were a very prominent person and come from a very prominent family who had really good connections. And that means that they may have more information on the Internet about their background or even books written about them, which I have found, you know, I have found um, quite interesting things. and. One good thing about the other good thing about Google, you can access some books for free. So always worth. Um, I think if I'm right, it's Google Books, which will be books.google.com. That you can search on there, and some of them will be. You can access a lot, actually. I have to say, a lot of the older books for free, um, but just search search names and put in keywords so if you know kind of what um what occupation that person has done or if you know that they may have received a medal of commendation put in the name of the medal type um the a particular year as well so the more information you have the easier it is to do that god i realize i sound like a youtuber right now this is the weirdest thing ever um <laughs> My brain's just gone there today. Um, but, yeah, as I said, take more time with each fat family member, well, each ancestor, because I really feel you shouldn't skim over them. That, that's the whole point of doing a family tree is not just to show, okay, I've reached, which, okay, I'm I am going to, like, you know, um, kind of go, yeah, yeah I've done that. Um you know, reached the late 1600s. It's incredible, but that's because there is damn good access to Scottish paperwork. Um, but if you know that they're going to be a very interesting person, um, and even the slightly non-interesting people, look for obituaries. If you know the year that they've died, put their name in into Google, and make make sure actually when you are trying to find particular names, use the quotation marks onto their names because what you don't want is putting their name in and it kind of messing about with on when 
when it's looking through documentation. So, for exa example, you put in Janet Smith. So you're looking for a Janet Smith here and you put that in Google. You'll find that you may that Google will pop up with things with John Smith and Janet Bordeaux it, it, because of the fact that it's looking for the words Janet and Janet and Smith. However, if you put quotation marks in, it will come up specifically just with those two words together. Um, so that is another thing. Um, I'm also trying to think of, so that's, so Googling wise, as I said, Google actually becomes your best friend sometimes. It really does. Um, you know, so use it to your advantage, especially because it's free. Um, so for me, what I have done, and as, as I said, I'm not sponsored by any websites. I just am really just going to barge in about Ancestry. It's only because I've used it for so long. I found, for me, visually navigating it a lot easier to get around and it's you can put in information very quickly if you just know a name of someone but you don't know any more about them but at least you can put in the name of a mother or father and then go to it at a later point as you're putting in more information then you can find those things out so um also for people who were in the military um don't overlook having a look for their paperwork um, if it is available. So um, American-wise, military documentation is actually quite easy to find. Sometimes you may have to pay for it, so that's a heads up on that, um, depending on the website and depending which military they were in. Um, but that can then give you names of, depending on their age, of children, wife, or parents, and addresses. Um, addresses are important as well because obviously it gives you the ballpark of where they live. So, and also it can then give you the ballpark of where they may have been buried. So, especially say 1800s upwards, um, and it, even in the early 1900s, I'd say, um, a lot of people would have just been buried literally at the closest cemetery to their home or sometimes close to cemetery to the hospital that they died in. So if if you're not sure of where someone is and you want to go see them, visit them at the cemetery, which is what I plan on doing in visiting my grandmother's father, even though he was in a, <clears throat> buried in a Catholic cemetery when we're all staunch pro Protestants in, in our family, um, long story about that one but still for me on a personal journey I feel that I'd want to go because of the stories that my grandma told me if you have the opportunity and places are fairly local um, as I said for, for me I'm a Londoner but most of the family that I am researching in Scotland I find if you want connections if you really are emotionally invested Go to the places that they grew up in. See if you, and also one really good thing about Google Maps. You know, you've got your little yellow man that you can drop on a road. Um, have a look on um, 
Google Maps or what's the other one? Google Globe. You know when you've got the globe up as well? Oh, God, I've just totally forgotten. <laughs> like Google World, is it? <laughs> I've totally forgotten now. Um, I'll find out. Google Earth, there we go. Um, that's a fantastic way of finding to see if homes are still there. Because you may find, because obviously if you can't travel miles and miles and miles, that's actually a good way of seeing um, if the places still exist before you then venture out to go see them. Um, so it's, I, lo I, I like Google Earth anyway. I like the, the detail to it. And, and um, yeah, so that's always worth doing. So um, because, as I said, you never know, the old home may still be there. And even if you're not going to visit, it's still just interesting to know what it looked like. And it gives you a bigger picture of how a certain person may have grown up. Um, you know, if they were from a fairly rich family, if it's a big house, then you can kind of then make an educated guess, depending on it. So all these different things. Um, so I definitely say Google Earth is or Google Maps is a good one to see street maps in terms of places look like if you especially if you've never visited there before um, it means that emotionally as well you can build a bigger picture in your head mentally um, about you know about kind of how someone may have grown up you know you could find that and I have found this Places that I never have heard of, even though I am half Scottish, places I have never heard of in the middle of Scotland where there is nothing but like a farm. And I didn't know this because you, you look at an address and you may not think much of it until you may have Googled it and found it's just in the middle of nowhere. And so you get this picture of you can actually then grasp a, a bigger picture of going wow that's that's something that they probably have done so that can also be a giveaway as well of occupation um so yeah so i, I enjoy doing that just because visually i can i can see things I'm, I'm a very visual person because i am there my entire world is visual i'm i'm just visually driven so google earth is a really good one i like it and, and yeah it can be it can be quite soothing as well. So especially for a place that you can't visit, that's a good one. But if you can, if you if they're quite local to you, or you'll want a bigger emotional connection, maybe make that as your next holiday destination if it's abroad. So if you know that you're from somewhere like the Caribbean, maybe make the connection of finding your roots there and and feeling more connected and also the opportunity to um so for myself i know the next holiday destination is probably going to be either guiana or barbados because that's where my my ancestors are from that i may be able to i know exactly what towns they were from so it's cool and it means that i can um visit churches if needed to find paperwork records um like baptisms and births so 
yeah, if you can make that emotional investment, it might be your next holiday destination. Or if it is quite local, or say like for me, it's Scotland, you know, it's a train ride of five, six, seven hours, depending how far in Scotland you're going. It could be more than that, um, depending if you're going right to the top from London. Then it, it might be worth doing just, just to get a grasp and a more bigger connection. And actually, that's a bigger drive as well to keep going in really growing your tree. So for me, I don't really have. I only started it because my grand wanted to just know a bit more about the iris side and um, she also wanted to know where her father was buried and unfortunately I wasn't able to and it really get it, it still gets to me because it's still quite raw about losing my nana loved it a bit she brought me up on her own and that's all she wanted to know for me from me is where her father was buried and because of my lack of knowledge in terms of being able to search I totally overlooked searching in newspapers and it was only when after my grand passed away last year me and my mum decided to take a trip to uh, Glasgow which I've never been to before, but a huge connection in my family in terms of ancestors and even even my mother directly. So decided, well, wanted to, I, I actually was going to go on my own. I was going, well, I'm going to go visit the archives and, and see if I can find and how to do it, you know, delve a bit more. And when it was suggested, well, have you Googled the newspaper archives? And I hadn't. And then when they showed me, automatically, I was able to find um, my great grandfather where he was buried. And I felt got gutted that because I'd overlooked the newspaper stuff that I, I wasn't able to then tell my grand where on earth her father had been put. And it wasn't. It was actually same same city, but um, not too far from where they had been. Like, so it kind of it got to me that I couldn't tell her that. So I think my grand felt well. She got married before <laughs> he actually got remarried after her mother had passed. But the thing is, my grand got married anyway. She got married at twenty, and um, her father didn't get remarried till. 10 years after that if I'm correct so um you know people had grown up in different lives and that and you, you find that with a lot of ancestors don't be like you know thinking that's a rarity it's not um and other things that you may find um kind of documentations can get sexist at some points um and I'm not just saying that where the documentations I've definitely found either very early 1800s or upwards to 1700s and so on may just name the father, which is really annoying. So they'll say like in a marriage document. Um, but the thing is, marriage documents weren't in boxes um, in a lot of places at that point. 
in here they they didn't start boxing marriage documents till kind of the eighteen hundreds. Um and a lot of the time they wouldn't they would sometimes mention the parents, so if they if they said so and so and so and so got married or or for example Jane Jane Smith um the you know the daughter of John Smith and 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 Janet Smith and and then the husband's name and son of so and so and so and so you you then can get that but then I found older paperwork will just say John Smith son of George Smith and and Jane Doe daughter of Edward Doe, and that's all you get is then the father's name. <laughs> so it then becomes difficult to then try and link marriage certificates. But as I said, census records then may give you more. Um, so don't overlook census records as well, because sometimes parents move in with their with their children, even when they're married at a later date, if a husband or wife has died and they need caring for. So in a census record, you may then find that you've got, um, you know, John Smith and Janet Smith, and then you may have a Georgina Smith, and it will it will say mother of of John Smith, you know. So you then then you have a mother's name. So this is the reason why, with every single person especially your direct relatives because if you're wanting to zoom up as much as possible and as quick as possible then you know just just depending what what the outcome is that you want for this then take time with each person acknowledge them um because i think you have you really do have a better connection and with ancestry as well as i said be very careful of hints, especially with common names, even if they're round about the same ballpark of year of birth. Don't just automatically link them in. It it may be a hint, but see if you can find then paperwork for them that is black and white in your face. Got and and if it's like a marriage document and you know those two two people in your in your family that have got married, and you then tr- and then there's a hint that says, well, the wife, the parents' names are da-da-da. And that's a hint because someone else has created a family tree. Don't automatically link it because you can find that their Jane Smith is a totally different Jane Smith for your family. So make sure that and that's why I've turned links off for me on Ancestry because I do not want to be um, – do not I don't want to – because trust me, the first time I started, I did that and I totally went off fucking keel. I am not kidding. It just went totally astray. And I made so many mistakes that I ended up having to delete that family tree and start from scratch again. And that was after hours of research. And I didn't do hours of research documentation all I did was hours of research in linking other family trees to mine. Um, 
you know, because there is a lot of people in ancestry who who have done family trees and have put them up publicly. Me personally, I've kept mine private and only if you know you can message people between um each other and i found a family member who's gone i'm doing research on my father i think my father is related to your granddad and i'm like finding out that oh gosh they are it then gives then then you can actually uh, swap links so even though it's private they can then see your private tree if you know that there's a confirmation that you're going oh was that so and so and what was the name of the brothers and sisters so be a bit wary of that but that's a good way of doing it if you do keep it private then you know it means people can contact you um by a little there's a little envelope box and you can click on it and message that person going i think i'm related to you via this particular person but i don't know much about them and i need some help on seeing further up the tree so most people who do genealogy because that's the official term is genealogy most people do it kind of all have a similar sense of where we're wanting to go on this it's just linking with heritage and having and seeing if there is a kind of skeleton in the closet or seeing if there is a total curveball that you just had no clue about i've actually personally found family members that fought alongside Robert the Bruce. And when I mean Robert the Bruce, I'm talking about, if anyone knows that Scottish film, well, it's not Scottish, that film Braveheart with terrible Scottish accent shouting freedom, then, then you know which one I'm on about. So I found that, I found that it's just nuts. And I, I'm, obviously because of my age, um, I'm still young it's meant that i haven't been able to share these stories with the other grandparents because i only grew up with one grandparent um you know and, and i so wish that the the information that i found out about my grandfather of his scottish side because everyone was so concentrating on his caribbean side and proud of that and you can clearly see it in like people like my uncle even one of my cousins you can clearly see there's a mixture going on i mean people notice a mixture with me but that's more because my father was mexican I'm, I'm latin american so it's yeah it's um i think i feel that people are more concentrated on that in my family because it's intriguing and exotic i haven't you know it is even i'm kind of proud of the fact that going actually do you know what i and it's saddened it's one thing that has saddened me so I'm going to get to a close in a minute. But one thing that has saddened me about some of these stories is, as I said, not just workhouses and, and working at 14 down mines and that. But there is some things historically that get to you. And I found that um, one person who left England ended up <clears throat> who is related to me but this was back in the 15 1600s ended up owning slaves and their sons ended up owning slaves and i found somewhere where there is a child that was mixed race meaning that a situation would have occurred between a slave owner or a free a free white person 
with a slave. So that meant the mixed race aspect of things as well have also come about. I've, I've reached this brick wall and a lot of American, especially Af um, Afro-American people, will have this brick wall because unfortunately names turn to numbers in paperwork. That's just a fact. If your if you're, um, family members were slaves, slaves were not listed by names most of the, like 99% of the time. It's just numbers. They like, yeah, that's it. And so they, a lot of the time when emancipation hit and they take on the surname of their slave owner, by the way, or take on kind of things like, uh, free, like freeman, um, that certain surnames so that you then can't get past that brick wall and that unfortunately you can't do anything about it. But that's where a good thing where DNA comes in is you can get past that brick wall, not in, not necessarily in terms of names, although you may find that you've got like three cousins removed or something and going, actually, I do have a link and I know where the link is, um, you know, in terms of, okay, where am I, especially with Afro-Caribbean or if you're, you know, African-American descent, then you may then and do this DNA, then you may find, oh gosh, I'm from somewhere like, Ivory Coast, Ghana, and you can pinpoint where you're from there because of the fact that other people from Africa, uh, Africa is a huge continent, but from Western Africa, where a lot of slaves were taken from, and people who generation generation wise are from West Africa, it means you can then pinpoint where people are from and find that you have you find that connection. So. For me, that saddened me finding out, and I knew it would happen because I knew where my family were from um, with my black ancestors, um, in knowing that they were from the Caribbean, and you can only kind of put two and two together at times. Um, but when it kind of saw it, it was it was hugely gutting. Um, and also under emancipation, and it's that's a totally different thing to talk about. Um, the slave owners were actually given compensation, so they were still being compensated like people were were things. So that still happened anyway, even when emancipation kicked in. So not being funny, you only get compensated when you lose some like a thing you don't get compensated when you lose a living person you know un unless like they like false death or something of a member of your family but not not because oh well, you've had to let go of a slave that's ridiculous so part of me is just like ah com conflicted thoughts at that point but there is actually um I'm trying to just quickly find it while I'm on here before I kind of end things. If you are looking for um, maybe the background of where your family may have been from regarding um, slave ownership, especially if you're Afro-Caribbean um, or you know that you're from the Caribbean um, and you know that your background may have been from um, slave ownership and your surname may be linked to the surname of the family uh, that were that owned your ancestors, 
um, then there is a search that you can have a look in, or just just an out of interest search of of thing. It's there is something called legacies of British slave ownership, and also if you know that, and it it, it is a kind of difficult subject, but if you know that um, your one of your ancestors may have been a slave owner, then you can still get a picture of them. Um, as well by searching the database. So it's I'll uh, copy and paste it in, uh, which is www.ucl.ac.uk forward slash LBS. So L for legacies. So because it's legacies of British slave ownership. So you can search for individuals. So if you know that you do have. Um, someone who was a plantation owner and knew they had slaves on the plantation and, and you want to search about them, um, you can actually have a look on the database to see um, to see if they're in there, um, which is, it's, it's mind-blowing. So um, this actually does cover, uh, just to let you know um it does also cover britain if i'm correct as well so the maps cover jamaica barbados grenada and britain um so if you know your ancestors were sl slave owners in those countries and maybe in other uh, countries in the caribbean as well worth having a visit on that and getting a bigger picture about that person don't go judgy on that person, you know, don't don't hold yourself to account of something that someone else did. But it just, as I said, it's the makeup of who you are. Because at the end of the day, if they hadn't existed and hadn't got married or had a relationship with a particular person and a child came about of that and on the same side with another set and these two got married. Because remember when this is a multiplication. It's you first, then there's two people from your two parents. Then from those two parents, there's four grandparents. From those four grandparents, there is two times out of 14 great grandparents. And it goes on and on and on. So remember, you're coming from a huge net family wise. And without all those relationships that they've had, or without some that may have not been relationships, but may have been out of forced um forced marriages or um from unfortunate situations you you still wouldn't be here without all of those stories and that's i think that's most of the fascination for me is finding out the links to those stories as to how i'm here and how the makeup of all that and what makes me me and i know and and you've got to remember you're the person that controls yourself at the end of the day don't don't think oh because they behave like that i should behave like that no it's you're your own person but also part of you as a person biologically your makeup is obviously made up of all these people and they could be ultra boring and all come from the same area for donkeys of decades that that you can't you 
can't go past a certain year because it's it's you know a millennium ago but then you could be like me where huge you know a huge kind of multi i'm kind of like heinz beans and just a total mix um it's it's just like all those bits from you know, my my mother, had she not travelled over to Latin America, would have never met my father. So even that journey meant that I, that's how I became like that. And my father then came from a background of Native... I know that he came from a background of Native Indians. It's just where they're from, and that's where I kind of want to... Hence, where to go with my DNA, maybe later on, is... And I might... If I do it, I might link you guys to that story, but... um you know, different things like that is is that's already kind of like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> and so on and so forth. And then, as I said, knowing my mum's father was mixed race and my mum's my father's father, so her granddad was black and and from somewhere else. It's That's why all these stories, it's like I wouldn't be here without all of them. So it's worth doing if you have emotional investment, but also money as well because sometimes you need to access documentations and pay for it it's so worth it and you may find family links of being able to share information and find family members of your second cousin removed who will be able to help you fill in some of the blanks um and you may be able to help them that you've got a lot of information and help them fill, fill in the blanks be open to that some people have left their trees public um and that's that's each to their own and and for me as i said i just don't want too much um influence in terms of searching for people that i kind of ended up um being diverted by false information or information that had no relevance to my family so that's the reason why i've kept mine private and only then privately has have messaged people when i needed help so anyway Thank you so much for having listened. Um, I hope that's helped a lot. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to end it in here. So thank you for listening to me, um, joining me in Deaf in the City. I've been your host, The Deaf Passenger, and hope you have safe travels wherever you are. <laughs>